0: This, this, this is the KMJ Show. We're going gonna, we're gonna dive, to dive into a topic, also NFL related.
1: I'm not going to be over.
0: <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a, I, I don't feel like it's, it's not something that's off the radar. In fact, it should be even more on the radar than I think it is right now. And mm-hmm. that is the additions to the Rooney rule in the NFL. Um, for those of you that need a little history lesson, the, the Rooney Rule named after Steelers ownership um, was brought into play in 2003. Um, and it's a policy in the NFL that required a team to interview at least one minority candidate for a head coaching position, general manager position, or other front office position. So since 2003, the NFL has been operating under the Rooney Rules. Whenever the Rooney Rule is ever referenced, it's bringing in um, minority candidates for um, head coaching general manager front office positions Um, obviously in hopes the hopes of the nfl is that um, it would become a more uh, dei diversity equity inclusion friendly sport Um, when you're looking at um, the diversity of the nfl specifically in in the front office areas Um, just recently there has been an addition to that rule um, that has added to that and these current which have been signed off this is signed sealed delivered um, by the owners now requires two minority candidates to be interviewed for head coaching positions and at least one minority candidate for any coordinator vacancies and one external candidate for a front office position which means you can't necessarily always hire within Um, now this is also going on to say a little bit more about including minorities and or female applicants in the interview processes for senior level front office positions, such as president, senior exec communications. It's kind of, do you have that list? Oh yeah. Could you read that list? Yes. Um, so aside from the head coach and the coordinator stuff that we talked about senior level front office positions, such as club president, senior executives and communications finance, human resources, legal, football operations, sales, marketing, sponsorship, IT, and security positions. So that is the, the full list of what they are expanding on those front office and general manager positions. Um, this is going to affect, um, or is already in effect at this point. Um, starting March 1st, teams will no longer be able to restrict staff from interviewing with other clubs or bonafide coaching or front office positions by so team campers, somebody from going to um, interview for another team. So there's a lot, there's a lot here. There's a lot that was added to this. The initial intent of the Rooney rule was, um, you know, some of those head coaching and very senior level positions. So this has expanded on that greatly. Um, and is even specifically in indicating um, female applicants as well, which I don't think the Rooney rule initially dove straight into that, just said minority and, there's a lot there, but I think we will we'll focus initially on the thoughts on um, the one, one to two, um, and we'll look at the, the head coaching and the coordinator positions to start out, and then we'll see where this goes. Kate, initial thoughts. Initial thoughts here, Kate.
2: Okay. So, initial thoughts, and this, see, I'm going to go completely the opposite of what you just said, so I'm sorry. Um, no. I think, like, my first reaction is more to the entire system. And you need some type of system in place, if you want to call it a secession plan or whatever, in order to see yourself 10 to 15 to 20 years down the road. We can't just assume on good faith that someone's going to hire the best person for the job because it's either the good old boys club or you're in their coaching tree or you're at this past the last club with this general manager, whether it's sales IT, head coach, whatever. Um, So I I don't necessarily disagree with it, especially in terms of the reporting aspect. Let's look at these numbers and see where we are. Where are we right now? Who's coming in? Who's applying? Because maybe the other side of it is, maybe it's the women, the minorities aren't applying. Yeah, they may be applying for the head coaching positions. And I think, yes, okay, they're definitely applying there. But within the other ones, if if they're not applying, that's a problem. And that's what you got you there in the first place. Um, so how are you putting in programs at the college level or a high school level to get those um, groups of people interested in the NFL, those positions and how to get them involved to eventually three to four to five years down the line, get them involved and hired. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing, especially – just that, that's just my personal view coming from working in sports and people talking stuff to me and being told yeah you're better than xyz but we're not making a change why are you not making a change you just told me that these are the issues this person is creating those issues you believe I could do a better job but you're not letting me in because sure. of the stigma Of like of like life, like oh, we don't want to let this person go, or oh, this person knows this person or that person, et cetera, et cetera. So,
0: yeah.
2: An important
0: important question, I think, (laughs) here, Kate, and you know, get as detailed as you wanted. This: Have you been witness to these types of situations that you've described, where you've known or have thought somebody from a
2: female (laughs) perspective? Yes.
0: Okay.
2: In minor league sports. It happens whether and, and I think I've been on both sides, so I will not lie. Um, you know, I've been the benefit of having a former manager um, you know bring me somewhere with them because they knew my work and they were like, "Let me bring you with me. This will be a good jumping off point for you to eventually move up. I was never guaranteed a position to move up. I was given an entry level position at, at the new club, and you know, if stuff was to shake out the way it would, he wanted to see me succeed. So yes, I got some benefits, but then on the other side, I did experience the, you know, there was a male who was higher up and I was being, granted I was being told to my face certain things, but wasn't always necessarily given the same power, even though I may have had the same title as some other people. Um, And I I don't know if that was because I was female, whether it was ageism because I was younger um, compared to other people. Uh, But, yeah. But I think it comes down to numbers. I don't want someone who is not – who can do the position well and fits and gels with their uh, culture. I think that's a big thing, too. Like – You may not hire someone, not because of their race or what minority they're on, but they just might not gel with the culture. But is that a healthy culture? As long as it's a healthy culture, go ahead. Like, you don't have to hire that person. Um, But if you're continuing to create some, an arena that is that either good old boys club or a certain group, like, how can we go back to the bare bones and, and fix this? And I think that's where they need to go versus, okay, yeah, we need to hire new coaches or make sure we're getting them in at that level. But I do think you have to go all the way down to the bottom. How are you starting this at high school or colleges and getting people interested in this, in coaching and doing that and getting them those GA ships and then coordinator positions and all that jazz. So, well, sorry. I don't mean to take up on time. No, it was good. Yeah, that's solid.
0: That's that's solid. That's solid, Kate. Um, Jim, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one pr- – One question here to consider, and then I'll let you dive into how you want to. Um, Given what Kate has said, you know, thinking it needs to start at a more basic level, um, just being aware, I know that the NFL does offer the opportunities for former players to go in and do some work, usually in like the D2 level with colleges sometimes to get some type of, you know, special coordinator position or um, other type of something in the sport if they have an interest in coaching they have like an externship program i think would be the best way to discuss that um do you do you think that's enough to kind of build that up in the coaching arena um or do you think there should be additional programs that may build it up and outside those areas where it may be you know in the communications um and those other front office positions
1: i think it's a step in the right direction i think that there, there should probably be some more programs to build up some experience in the other positions that were that I asked you to list off. If that's what they're looking to diversify, yes, right. Um, but I think it's a good first step um, with this rule. When it comes down for me, I agree with it. Um, I, I champion it, but I think the NFL as a whole. Has more issues that create this need for the rule, um, and they they are not dealing with those issues. I mean, this is a, their diversity grade went from an A to a B or an A minus to a B plus, but it's it's gone down. Right. And and I think that's that's a large problem because who wants to work for an organization that doesn't seem to accept diversity well? And, you know, I, I'm not trying to get political, but they've been subject to some really, I'm not going to say, they've been a part of some really bad press and some really tough situations. And they've handled some of them wrong. And some of them, they had to deal with the cars they were dealt. I'll break it down. Um, the domestic violence issues and the way they've handled those have left in my opinion a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths they they just can't seem to get it right all of the time and that's a problem and that that to me sends a bad message when you're trying to bring in a diverse workforce um and then the other card that's been played and it's not really their fault but like when you have a president Weighing in on the behaviors of your players, that forces you to react, and the reaction—they tried their best. Because who wants to make the president of the United States, who has a a hot mic with his with his Twitter, who wants to make him mad? But uh, he—they tried their best to navigate those waters. But at the end of the day, I think the those who kneeled and those who felt that strong enough to kneel felt kind of silenced by the NFL and then how they handled it. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily fair all the way, because again, I feel like the NFL was kind of backed into a corner. I think that they did play a part in that, but they have an image problem is what I'm trying to bring this all to is that they need to work on the image and bringing in Jay-Z and, and having this committee where they're searching for and trying to bridge the gap for diversity is nice and having the, the this addition of the Rooney Rule is nice, but they, they got to kind of fix that image. And I think Kate's points that she made where it's, you know, you're, you benefit from both sides and you need to bring in outside people I think the NFL will benefit from it, but that image thing hurts. I I don't know. I don't know how many people you bring in when you have those issues.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I agree. There's definitely an, an image concern issue. I mean, I don't know how, how big that is overall and where it is in certain people's minds. Um, But the image of the NFL is again, you have the, the domestic violence issues and does that, put a sour taste in women's mouths you know as far as when you think of is this even an organization I want to be a part of if this is how um, you know men in the league that have been found responsible for certain um, conduct unbecoming type of situations this is how they are allowed to continue and work in this organization is this something I even want to be a part of um, and then also with Colin Kaepernick um, you know that's just such a hot topic and you know you have all sides of the conversation of it you know, was he and viable quarterback option in the nfl does he fit in with the system i mean you can you see you hear all of the reasons why he can't be in the nfl um and then you have all of the the negative media that goes along with that you know does he even belong in the nfl at this point is he even a talented enough individual um that's just that's there's a lot going on there and this rule can't address all of that what this rule can try to do is create more opportunity um but he was
1: but to go back to the cap thing for a second mm-hmm. muffin to kind of like circle back to my point yeah he's out of the nfl for his actions because he spoke up against things that he believed and i understand people are gonna be like well it's a business you can fire whoever you want he spoke up about injustice and the powers that be came down on him and He's now out of a job. So if I'm, and I, again I'm a white male, so I'm I i do not I, but if I'm in the diverse in the 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 population they're trying to bring in, how do I feel if I see injustice? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be you know what I mean. That puts yeah. me. It's I'm it's the, it's
0: it's the same it's it's a, not the same exact, but it's in the same vein of why would women want to be a part of this organization if they see X? Why right. would why would a a a black male or female be interested in being part of the NFL if they are seeing Colin Kaepernick in his career just being derailed because he stood up for something he believed in. Um, whether or not you believe in it, it doesn't matter. He stood up for a cause, which he thought was unjust and
1: he no longer is a part of that organization anymore. Um, and, to, and I want to go to a micro level in this conversation and Kate, like you worked in, in the minor leagues and, you saw the good old boy system what do you think jerry jones like on the outside perspective how do you feel about jerry jones Is, would he give that good old boy vibe just what you know about jerry jones
2: Yeah, i don't know because it, it's so funny because i feel like i experienced like both like spectrums where one was like in a sense they were like Jerry Jones so I'd be like yeah they're totally like the good old boys club but then i don't know i don't know that's a hard question to answer um
1: well, let me try to make it shorter would yeah, you work for Jerry that, Jones me. would you work for Jerry Jones
2: yes but i don't know enough about him to be honest you know what i mean how much okay. of this is bullshit of him him <laughs> being on a yacht and how much like how much of this is actually good like pr like someone told him yeah go on a yacht you're going to get so much play for this right and it's just he has good people around him to create this atmosphere so does he trust the P- i think it comes down to just i don't think it necessarily all comes from the owner it has to come from that top like three or four people Granted, at the end of the day the owner is the one that sit there and say if he wants to have a good old boys club he's going to have it um but if he doesn't care that not doesn't care but it, it's more than just him i think because you can have a general manager create that and they're a step or two below so but i
1: think if i think if somebody has the stigma like if jerry jones has the stigma whether it's created or not i don't know that i could trust that he's going to to abide by the rooney rule like what's the, what's to make him do that
2: that's that's why they're supposed to be sending in their statistics
1: yeah. so that's what it is but, I, I, that's what yeah. I' was asking granted
2: on like as a potential employee wouldn't you have that as part of your questions during the interview process that's a good point
0: I mean I would yeah And then if it, you get it, a feeling
2: Jones. that you' they're not good you walk away you're like oh this isn't for me
0: right if we use Jerry now you're good. if we're gonna use Jerry Jones in this in this discussion you've also got to think of what has Jerry jo- Jones done throughout his career as an NFL owner he's just turned his back towards some of those things with his apparel and his merchandising at times. Like he, he just said, I'm going to make this work for me. See ya. Like he's already done things like that. So if he really wanted to make it work, I mean, he has the track record of just going off and making it work on his end. So
1: um,
0: that's just an example of how Jerry Jones could be, you know, a positive impact to this rule in the end, you know, just because of the clout he has and the track record he has of, I'll uh, I'll weigh in on my end here, and I'm going to keep this somewhat brief because I think you all have made very excellent points. Um, I think of this in the terms of very much that diversity, equity, and inclusion. Where where are they now? Where does this rule get them? Um, you know, if you're looking at if anybody's ever seen the 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 visual of what's the difference between diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, you know the the I think it's usually given as two kids trying to watch a baseball game. One is significantly taller than the other one. Um, Mm -hmm. Diversity is the fact that both kids are behind the fence and the taller one can see the game, whereas the shorter one isn't able to see anything. Equity is then enhanced in this way, where the shorter child gets a box to stand on so he can see over the fence where he's still able to see it, but the barrier of the fence is still there. And inclusion is you find a way to eliminate the fence so that both are able to view it on their own terms. Or where they're at in life. Um, I think the Rooney rule in this edition is still only addressing or getting us to the equity part. Um, there's the ability for everyone to be in the game or at least be a part of the system, um, but there's still a barrier there. Um, yeah, well said, Ma. If we're <laughs> still, if, if we have been declining in our grade, the quote unquote grade that the NFL is given and how they're diversifying within these positions, um, then obviously the Rooney rule was only working. Or part of or not at all um, right. forcing people to do it is only then just providing in this case the box to get the kid to see the game mm-hmm. um, but the the fence is still there so um, I think that you know that we still still got a long way to go but if you think of the NFL as a as a corporation or as an organization um, what are we looking at something that's only between 50 and 60 years old um,
1: you know well, the, but to that point, Muffin, I'm not trying to start a whole new topic, yep. but does the NBA have this, have this problem? Is there a Rooney rule in the NBA? I don't know. That's why I'm asking.
0: I, I do not believe there is a specific rule in the NBA. Um, I think that that league has just done a much better job over time of making, not even making, of just having opportunities available for
2: yeah.
0: all, all types. I mean, if you're looking, um, I think There's women – There's female refer- ownership female ownership, women referees prior to the NFL. Oh, yeah. They've been around for a while. Yeah, just a much more progressive organization all all the
2: way through. Like Becky Hammond slid in there as a coach and nobody – not she got good PR from it with the Spurs. Like she coached a D-League team and then she was taken on by Popovich as an assistant coach with the Spurs. And it was – it was sort of like, yeah, it was part of the process. Like nobody really even was like, oh, she's up for the job. It was, she went in, interviewed and got the job. And then it was like, oh, and then it sort of blew up a little bit more. So I,
1: I think that's, I wish that the NFL would look at the NBA and, and take some notes.
0: I feel like, yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I feel like the NFL made an attempt and I just don't know if they're doing it in a way that makes people feel, it, that people feel comfortable, I think, but, if you're looking at women in the NFL, the only woman I've seen celebrated for her role within an NFL franchise was Katie Sowers for the Niners this past year.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm say that. The
0: mm-hmm. only woman that I've ever seen celebrated for her role on an NFL, in an NFL organization. Um, and the fact that that was played up so much in the media, and rightfully so, but the NBA is not playing this up in the media as much, is, I think furthers the point of inclusion is still far off because they played it up every game all the right. way through right. the super bowl yeah. um but it wasn't like they were having a commercial with three or four women highlighted it was always the same person um i just think that they're there may be another five or ten years off from actually fully being included an inclusive organization so any right. any final thoughts on this one
1: I think, Muff, your analogy was well said. Yeah. That was perfect. Mhm.
0: Guys, did you know we have a listener in Spain? I did not. You had to tell us. Spotify tells me that we have reached Spain somehow. I don't understand how, but I feel like this person needs to identify themselves quickly. Yeah, oh, that's would like social media marketing. it's muff putting in the good work (laughs) so we need whoever this is whoever's in spain um identify yourself chat us up uh send us something on twitter um send us something to our email address yes we have one of those kmj show sports at gmail.com let's do
1: a little detective work just real quick just okay so i don't know anybody in spain And I don't have anybody on my social media from Spain. I
0: don't think I do. But then again, working in higher education long enough, people move around. Right. I I don't know. It's very possible that any of us could.
2: Could it have been someone who is just registered, though, in Spain, but they live over here? Like, it could be a former student. It could be someone who is in our circle but actually lives here but for some reason maybe studied ab- abroad or was an international student and came here
0: there's another good scenario options spotify analytics do not tell me this
1: so <laughs> God, what if limited reach. what if it's somebody who was like you know what i'm gonna spin the wheel on spotify Ooh. and they stumbled on us possibly so, Will we be considered diplomats? Are we diplomats for the Midwest?
0: Diplomats to the kingdom of Spain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, We're diplomats in the Midwest. We're like the Rust Belt diplomats.
0: I don't know if we're Rust Belt. Bit of a stretch.
1: (laughs) We should should make those t-shirts. Get on that, Muff. That's a Kate project. That's not a me. (laughs) Oh, that's true. She's the designer of the group.
2: (laughs) I can design it. I don't have a cricket. So, uh, someone provide that and I'll be good just to
1: wrap up the Spain conversation, do we want him to reveal himself or do we want this to be like a running game? Like maybe we want him to give us hints. Yeah. Hey, more her. We do have females listening as well. That is
2: true. True. That is true.
1: I'm sorry. I apologize. We could make this like a segment every day of like what clue did the Spaniard give us?
0: Where in the world is the KMJ show listener, like Carmen San Diego.
1: Right. Right. I tell you what, if we end up having – if we've guessed the Spaniard and, you know, it becomes a thing, I will send them something from Columbus for being a loyal listener. I will AWL, make that a contest. Huh? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. All right.
0: There it is. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Some Columbus official merch. I mean, we would call it merch we call it.
1: Yeah, something from Columbus. I don't know what I'll find. I'll do something that's Columbusy. A rust belt memento. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, muff. All right. What else you got? So, anybody watch uh
0: anybody watch golf yesterday? The match two.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, 20 million plus raised for COVID-19 relief charitable funds.
2: And the most watched golf like event like ever with like whatever it was like 5.6 million. What the number was like astronomical about the amount of people that Nielsen tuned in to Tom Brady look ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Just man in <banana-ing laughs> those things to the right, all front nine, <laughs> all front nine
1: got put in a body bag by Justin Thomas. When Charles Barkley makes you uh, sound bad, that's a problem.
2: Okay. But he legit, as soon as he had that one shot for birdie, and then when him and Mickelson came back and we're within one then he started to get like chirpy it's like buddy you look sad and depressed the first eight holes like (laughs) god this is why you do like everybody wants to watch you now fail at every other sport because of the way you acted yesterday
1: you know where he played college football right oh yes that's that explains everything
2: Yes, the state that currently will say you don't get to have football this fall, but that's, that's no, the
1: right.
0: Point. Don't ask their coach.
2: Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> they haven't had football for the last ten years. I don't know what's wrong. Wait, Can we go from wait, golf <laughs> and just a hop, right. skip, and a jump
2: over let's, to football.
0: Okay, Jim just wanted to do a Michigan dig here. Uh, let's focus back I mean, on. <laughs> let's focus back on the commentary. Charles Barkley was
2: Barkley was gold. great. He was fantastic.
1: Yes, he was. I would like to see him commentate more sports. I don't care what sport it is. Be Muff's Cornhole League. I just want to see him commentate it.
2: I mean, I assumed he was on there because he has a TNT contract for the NBA. And I was like, they're probably just like, we need to throw this guy on something. So let's throw right. him in. any golf, so it's, it's good. But, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty fantastic.
0: Think of Charles Barkley, Shaq, and let's toss EJ out there, and an on-course analyst for the next major that's aired on TNT. We need, we need this content in our lives, bring them mm-hmm. to the golf. All
1: right. I agree with that.
0: So Justin, can, Thomas, can Justin take... Thomas told Charles Barkley on live TV that his fat ass can dunk the ball
2: anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: he said that on live TV.
1: Yes, that's true.
2: Can we go back though to like who can replace Tom Brady next year? Cause there's a ton of different options here on both the like, okay, do we get rid of tiger because Phil's normally pretty entertaining. Do we get rid of Tom and bring in some other people? Because Peyton is obviously staying. Peyton uh, is fantastic. Pat McAfee. Okay, that is an option, especially with with the, Pey- with the Peyton connection.
0: So right. Pat McAfee went on Twitter yesterday during the match and said he wanted him and John Daly to be a team in the next yeah. of the match. That
2: versus, makes sense.
0: Versus Tiger down. and whoever. Um I would watch that. Yes. They would lose. But they would be entertaining.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you imagine them interacting with Chuck? <laughs> like that they'd have so many censorship issues.
2: But I'd be there for it. Well, we were joking around too. We were watching it. We're like, it'd be so much more entertaining if like Gronk was like the cart girl during this entire thing <laughs> and like offering them beers and just slamming them himself as yeah. he, as they're like going through the rain on this course.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That'd be awesome. That's so, you'd have like a DJ booth going.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: That'd be, I would be, I would be very entertained.
0: This is what we need. This is what we need in the golf off season. This is what we need in like December, January. This will keep people this is like NFL. So it's what the NFL does with the draft. Mm-hmm. They just continue to hype it up. Golf only has two months of an off season. They can easily do what the NFL golf. does.
2: And <laughs> they do just have like golf. They do have other personalities too. Like Ricky Fowler can go on there and do it. Uh Bubba Watson. Um bunch of others. Like, I don't even think Tiger was the best person, like, personality-wise. He was great for it because he's, like, obviously a very renowned golfer. But, like, personality-wise, obviously Peyton and Phil were much more engaging. And I'm assuming Ricky Fowler and a bunch of others could be compared to to Tiger.
1: I don't know why that have to stop at just sports people. Let's put some celebrities in there.
2: But then it's another, a normal pro-am.
1: I don't care. Build but you don't me. watch a
2: normal pro-am anyway. I
1: don't, I, but like, just just throw one of them. Let's put somebody entertaining in there, and then mix it up with the rest.
0: Deviate. Who cares? Bill Murray. Just let Bill Murray go in there with Chuck.
1: Absolutely. Mm, yes.
0: Those, those two could talk back and forth all day.
1: Okay. I got one for you. So last night, uh, I'm going to talk pro wrestling, and I don't care. I'm going to nerd out for a minute. Um, the Jaguars owner, Tony Khan, owns AEW, as you heard in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a stadium stampede match where the wrestlers wrestled throughout the Jaguar stadium. And it was probably the most entertaining 45 minutes I have ever seen in a so, wrestling
0: match. So it was like the Bulls in Spain, except for they were wrestlers and they were running around trying to pin each other? Yes. Yeah. O- they were, it was a pin match, huh?
1: Yes. There was a ring on the 50, and they started beating each other up there, and then they just took off all through the stadium. There were Jaguars cheerleaders, the Jaguars mascot. It was it was ridiculous. So I I understand that we probably will frown upon pro wrestling here, but it was hilarious. Some of these places – because I'm thinking, like, and they tested all the wrestlers, and all the wrestlers have wristbands and all of that. But still, that's a lot of places you have to go back and clean. I wonder how the NFL owners and Goodell feel about Jaguar Stadium being used that way. So they just,
0: like, spritz, it? Like a Here's spritz co-
2: it? Here's the cost of cleaning. Here's what we're charging AEW to come in and use our facility.
1: But it's if their facility.
2: He should still charge something for them right. to come in. And then included in that fee is the cleaning fee. So as Roger Cadell, what do I care as long as you're cleaning and doing normal protocol? Right. So and you should work a, that cost in.
1: So does that open the door for concerts and things the same way? Could you do because I don't understand what's why can't we have concerts then where we just spread out the seating?
2: That's being discussed. Mm. Live so it needs. Seems like if, Live Nation is currently doing, like, at-home ones. Like, you can log on to Live Nation and and watch some, like, concerts from artists who are participating. And then I was hearing that there were a couple different options, whether it was they do, new like, full setup of a stage. Like, the artist in a venue, but it's taped. Like, they they record it live and play it. it. Um, Or um doing the limited people almost like how mark cuban said they do with like the nba like okay right. you're with these group of people you're you're buying these sets of seats and we are now 6 feet social distancing you granted that may mean there's no concession and really right. leaving your seat but i don't know i, just,
1: I think it's very I think it's very eye-opening that they've found ways to use these empty stadiums and for entertainment purposes. I mean, the, the show costs $50 like on pay-per-view. So if you spent $50 to watch the show, I mean, there's still illegal streaming, which here at the show we don't condone, wink, wink. <laughs> but um, if you paid $50, that's a heck of a price. So I think a lot of places should be utilizing some of these empty venues a little bit more than we are.
0: Well, Barstool Sports did uh, a free rough and rowdy this
1: mm-hmm. past right? weekend.
0: Yeah, it was it was free. You didn't have to pay a dime for it. Um, huh. And I think that was in Florida as well. So they they were using a venue.
1: Who'd to thunk it? Florida, gonna be the sports mecca.
0: According to Jim, will be the place that rids itself of people the quickest as well. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm.
1: This Corona, Oy.
0: Dak Prescott. Dak is, for lack of any better term, trying to get all the bags all at once from the NFL.
1: Okay.
0: He is trying to become the highest paid quarterback. Based on all everything I've looked at so far, um, I do know that the... The discussion that came up where they said that he turned down like a five-year 175-mil deal, um, that has been refuted by his agent um, saying that that was not true. But how do we feel about Dak right now in his contract negotiations? Does he deserve to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL? What kind of money do we think he does deserve?
1: You have to hold on a second because the way you frame that – him trying to get all of the bags, him trying to be the highest paid. There From his camp, nobody has said that he's trying to do these things. It's insinuated, for sure. But when you get down to some of the meat and potatoes of Dak's situation, the boy is trying to play a timing game. Correct. I agree. He can take the franchise tag mm-hmm. and make – A significant amount of money, a little bit more than
0: a little bit more than thirty million next season, right? And then probably a little bit more than that the season after.
1: Which is, I mean, if you go that route for five years,
0: you're going to be between one
1: fifty and one sixty, probably, or around one sixty. So he's saying, "Listen, give me a shorter amount of time Mm -hmm. and more money." So he's saying, I'm going to save this franchise tag BS and let's meet in the middle. You give me a little bit more and I won't bleed you dry with the franchise tag. To me, that sounds like a good negotiator. That doesn't seem like somebody who's trying to get paid the most. He's a guy in a position who has seen other people on the team go and get theirs. And now he has leverage, and he's trying to get his.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Him trying to get all the bags is not a knock. I'm okay with the guy trying to get his money.
1: Well, I think sometimes the, the, the pundits are, are making an ego game where he's trying to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. That's not what he set out to do, I don't believe. I don't think he's trying to go be, I am the best in the league, therefore I should be paid the most. I think he's playing the hand that he was dealt.
0: So, yeah, for those in the franchise tag that don't understand what exactly that means, it's the the top five players in that position, The average of their salaries um, is what that comes out to be. That's what the franchise tag is. Now, what I don't know, and maybe Kate knows a little bit more on this, is there a um, a limit to the term of that? Is it a one-year franchise tag if a franchise tag and it's no more? I've never really heard of somebody having multiple-year franchise tag.
2: Yeah, I thought it was one. Cousins had, cousins had two cousins had two
0: no maybe I two think. separate two separate ones but not it wasn't a two-year franchise tag deal it was a one-year franchise tag I
1: think. yeah you gotta yeah. do it every
0: year that's
1: yeah. what i thought they yeah. have to use it every year right
0: so there's no but it there's no stability
1: enjoy.
0: right yeah but there's no stability in that Correct. contract which is why Dak and especially running backs are trying to get that that bigger contract now so that they're locked in
2: um, yeah it's only one year
0: but
1: okay. essentially so it's so it's essentially you're signing mm-hmm. to him to a one-year deal. Correct. And Michael Jordan played to for a one-year one year deal. But I think that's my point, Muffin. I wanted you to say that. Michael Jordan played in the NBA, different game. I think that's what NFL players are trying to push the league towards, is that NBA model where the player dictates the salary, not the owner. Oh, yeah. That it'd was be, my
0: point. Yeah, it would be hugely beneficial to them. Um, now right. – what really is Kate? I'm sorry, I stepped all over you. Yeah, <laughs> Kate. Other things to offer here.
2: It's just dumb. I just on both sides. Like I get it. It's the NFL. Money isn't guaranteed, so I get why he wants that type of money up front. They're the Cowboys. They have to get everybody paid, but they're also the Cowboys, so. And I just truthfully don't care. There we go. So. We've come.
0: We've come to the crux of Kate. Yeah, this the topic. crux
2: of, of this topic to me is I just don't care, and I this don't care a, about him.
0: This isn't.
1: This is an MJ <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and to Jim's point, but I actually think that I think Kate's point is is America's point in this. Kate, why don't you care?
2: Part of it is a money thing, like. Okay, like, as a fan, you just want them to come to a compromise and be normal human beings. Let's all meet somewhere in a reasonable middle. But what is someone's reasonable middle in their head may not be what is reasonable. So that's what an arbitrator is for. None of these people are bringing in an arbitrator for this type of discussion. Um, like, just play the goddamn game. But people need to take care of their families and other stuff like that. So I totally get it. I, but like to pe- a majority of of America is not making that type of money. So I don't care. You're, you're going to get money off of your sponsorship, off your franchise tag, like, or not franchise tag. Even if they put him on every single like cup in the concession stand, they're going to have that stuff for forever. Or he can sign consignment deals and go sign a bunch of pictures every Sunday and then make money off of that like sign a deal with steiner sports and sell all your memorabilia like there's other ways to make money too to make up that 10 or 15 million dollars whatever the deficiency will be between him and the organization but it's the cowboys and i just don't care and that's just me just making up not making up some stuff but like trying to rationalize it but it's wrong time like i just don't Thank it's you. Wrong Thank time, you. wrong place. Like it's I don't care about your story, Dak. Sorry. Like
1: Right. And I think that's I think that plays to the Cowboys advantage number one. And I think that's why it falls flat on the news media or the the sports media radar because it's the wrong time. Nobody cares. We all we're all trying to make it through this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to Jim's point earlier, one of the original things he brought up, it's a timing thing for Dak. If they give him a three-year contract, which I think is really what he wants, I think he wants three years at around – if I were to guess, he probably wants three years at around 30 to 35 in that franchise tag, like extend that out range if he can get it. Because really what he's looking for, he's looking for that contract when he turns 30-ish because he's 26 Mm -hmm, now. That 30-year-old quarterback is usually their most lucrative deal And if he goes anything over three, then I think this is where this five 175 is coming out is, well, if you're going to go me over three, get me all the way to five, and I'm going to sign two huge contracts in a row. But I want to know that it's worth my while to do this five year contract, because two years from now, the Cowboys may not be competitive, Zeke may be not even on the field at that point, I mean, just with running backs. You're just thinking yeah. of the shelf life of a running back. I mean, they, they may not be able to put the pieces around him. So I, I'm totally on board with the he's probably looking for that three-year deal. Yep. But to Kate, nobody cares. Yeah. That's, that's how we're going to leave that.
2: Sorry, everybody. We no, I mean, hear. I thought it was perfect. Okay, guys, we're going to jump into our next uh, topic, which is our GOAT conversation um, of that of the multiple different factors of who we think um, hits different criteria, such as the social impact, their competitive greatness, um, furthering of the sport, and their overall, like, it factors, um, whatever that may be, according to us as individuals. So... Um,
1: and we're yeah. going to narrow this down, Muff, to a collective group of four, five. Well, we are
0: all going to have a top five when all is said and done. Today, we have our
1: own top five.
0: We have our own top five, and then we're going to okay. try to we're going to make a top five from our from, from our list. Show. Yes, a, sh- a show okay. list. Um, but today, all we're going to do is tease. This is a teaser. Everybody's everybody's going to put one out there. Have a little discussion on why they were they're going to be in that. And that goat, that Mount Rushmore of athletes, competitors, um, and then we'll we'll continue to to touch on this over time, and we'll have a a huge unveiling later on. So, I'm with you. All right, Jim, who's who's your teaser?
1: See, I got I got a couple in my bag. I don't want to go the easy route because you put me on spot um wouldn't that be the reason to go the easy route yeah but then like oh jim's the guy who cops out i don't want to be that guy on the show um i'm gonna throw venus williams
2: Mm.
0: venus
1: venus williams
0: she's not even the best tennis player in her family (laughs) yeah you want serena the one i'm like what Serena. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick a Williams sister, you
1: gotta pick the right one, buddy. Yeah, muff, edit that out. <laughs> oh no. That's, <laughs> no, no. that's live. Um so yeah, Serena Williams. I'm sorry, I gotta mix that. I do that. Um yeah, I want Serena Williams. I want the the Williams sister that's good. I believe like she has moved the sport along. I think she's always in the conversation for winning every every time. If she's in the She's actually in the match. She's going to win it, probably. I think she's cut a path socially to make tennis a viable sport, not just for women, but I think men take an interest in the sport because of her. Like She crosses the gender gap, which to me is phenomenal. I think athletically she's just a specimen. I mean, she just is really athletic. And the way she prepares for a match, the mental – Game the competitiveness is intense, and she has that it factor. She she can hang out with a a princess and then go be a dominating force on the on the tennis court. So to me, that's one of mine that I'm putting out there. Probably,
0: yeah. I think she's one one major championship away from tying the most all time. And I don't I don't know if it's women's tennis or if it's all tennis at this point. I forget which. But she's one away from tying either the women's all-time mark or the all-time mark in professional tennis for major championships. <clears throat> and I think I agree. And I think her social impact goes into the fashion world as well. Her and her sister delve into right. that. And there's been a lot of controversy over some of the outfits she's put on the court. So now I, I agree that she she does she does kind of hit all the all four points there. So it's good. Um, the it's good other stick. thing,
1: the reason why I like her, the probably the most like the gym reason is uh that time she got into it with that referee that became real controversial Mm -hmm. that that was my favorite Serena Williams moment her
0: and Row moment
1: oh I loved it
0: all right so Jim Jim's gonna put his first out there the teaser is is Serena Serena not Venus not Venus um Kate who we got is your teaser
2: Okay. So I feel like this isn't one of like my top, top ones, but I really like went back and forth in general in the women, like the women's basketball. Cause you went to the Serena gym. And I I was on like the same thing, like, okay, what female athlete um, would sort of stick out. And you see the up and downs of the WNBA and who was there. And um along with, you know, in that first segment of the WNBA and then sort of pushing the second one forward. So it's sort of tough to, like, narrow it down when you think of just, like, versus, like, a program, just pulling, like, a um, UConn-type deal. So uh, I don't know. I just – I go back and forth. And, like, I personally want to say Pat Summon in women's basketball. Uh, Granted, it's like oh, I need to do more research, as if she would really get to my top five. Um, Just with her impact on the game, her impact as a female coach in basketball, um, building up that program in Tennessee, and unfortunately, what it isn't without her, they sort of obviously took a really um, bad bump then but she uh she won olympic gold uh silver um as a player back in the 70s um she won as a head coach she won the gold um and then all the stuff that she did off the court uh with having alzheimer's and everything like that i just i think when you think women's basketball and and what she did to then develop multiple women within the sport itself um, and her relationship with Gino Auriemma and the talent they then pushed out into the WNBA and U.S. women's basketball. I would probably have her as one of my top ones in some way, shape, or form, most likely.
0: Nice.
1: I did not know her success as a player. Yeah. Yeah. That was – you bringing that to the table was very revealing because I was going to fight you on that one. But, yeah, that was good. Thank you.
2: She has eight NCAA Division One championship or tournament championships.
0: As a coach and player, or just coach?
2: As a coach. Well, yeah, coach.
0: Listen, what I remember Pat Summit for is that, as I recall, she's probably not the first, but she was the one I remember as to bringing a whole bunch of guys into practice to watch Mm -hmm. her team just crush them on the court and probably just destroy their souls. I was I was all on board with that. That if they went in there thinking they were gonna they were going to go in and, and ball up the, the Vols women's team, then they were going to be sorely mistaken. So,
2: so fun fact, she actually for that U S team that she won with in like 70, whatever it was, um, she was the co-captain. And it was the first season that women's basketball was included in the summer Olympics. So she's part of that historic part. So she's part of the basketball hall of fame. She's God knows how many times she was like, uh, Coach of the year, um, and stuff like that, and she has the presidential medal of this. freedom. So I'm gonna start doing I, some
1: research. Bring computer, Kate's Kate's put on the coals with this
2: one. I had to put I had to put do notes. If I don't do notes, then I'm not gonna Kate remember.
0: It. Work. She's, she's researching appropriately. Mm-hmm. I'd well, say so. Of all of us, I feel like I'm the one that's. I feel like this is probably the lowest hanging fruit that's sitting there. Um, it's just, I think the sport may be the only thing that we may frown upon a little bit. Um, no, it's not cornhole, Jim. I'm going into the golf world, and the love of hanging fruit in the current topic fruit is Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods. <clears throat> oh, Muff. If we were looking at yes, Jim, because he's a golfer,
1: you can look up down on me all you want here. No, I mean, he's really good at hitting trees with his car.
2: Mm-hmm. Or ladies swinging golf clubs into the back window. <laughs> I mean,
1: his social impact. Woo! Social impact Look at him. Look at him. I'm all the over the map. Tiger
0: Woods. Think of the barriers he's broke down as far as how many, not just young people got into the game. He's the Chris Moneymaker of golf. And if you yeah. look at Moneymaker to poker, that blow up. And golf um, <clears throat> at the youth level blew up whenever he came in there
1: yeah that's great. I mean, he he moved his sport, but, like, do kids want to grow up and be Tiger Woods now?
0: You tell me any red blooded male
1: hearing the stories
0: about Tiger Woods? It's not like a little bit they may want to be oh, him. I'm not Moss. saying I'm not saying that this is something they should. I'm just saying that people still emulate his greatness on the course. um the man
1: think- messed up his career. By he just,
0: he just won a major championship last
1: year, Jim. But yeah. there was that that brief drought that he had, because it was brief, right? That brief drought he had was because he wanted to go play war games and be a Marine and screwed himself up. Like, that's been documented. Oh, yeah, that's in the book. I've read the book, and Hank Haney's book. His social life, albeit yeah. like so is Michael Jordan's, is a little, you know, it's risque leaves right leaves more than desired (laughs) we'll just leave it at risque and move on i would i would try to attack his athletic prowess but i mean i can't golf like he can golf so that ain't happening so i give you that but like
0: you've got to think of nike built the entire golf product line off of him there was not really one pre-existing prior to tiger woods
1: the, the golf product line
0: the golf product line. Yes, I'm. I'm not going farther than that. The golf product mm-hmm. line. In the same way that Nike hitched their wagon to Jordan coming out um, into the NBA, they did the same thing with Tiger. They found they found the one and put all their chips in. And in this case, it worked out for their golf product line. Um, granted, they've they distanced himself. Him. They distanced themselves a little bit from him after um, the incident with his ex-wife um, and everything that went into that. But you know, the impact that he has left on the sport, um, the it factor, he had that intimidating presence, um, you know, that was very evident on the course. That's the only reason people would go to golf tournaments sometimes is to watch him. Um, he's a second in major championship victories, second in total tournament victories. Um, I believe he has the most cash winnings of all time. So, um, exactly But is he even the greatest in his sport championship-wise? Okay, he's not won the most, but the person who did was Byron Nelson, if I remember correctly. And you've got to think of the level of competition that was there. Um, That's the biggest thing. And Tiger's also, at this point, anytime he wins or is competitive, he's usually competitive with those that emulated him in their youth. So he is kind of like Nolan Ryan was in baseball. Pitching to pitching and striking people out that probably looked up to him early in his career, so for that reason, Tiger Woods is going to be in my top five. Social social issues aside, social impact is huge. Social mm-hmm. issues also huge. So we've got we've got a little uh, a yeah. little scale that's both are up high.
2: I mean, when, uh, what is it? Uh, Chappelle played Tiger Woods all the time. So you know, social yeah, impact.
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: Around the culture.
1: I think I he could be yours, but I don't. When it comes to the shows, we might have a dog fight on that one. I don't know. We'll see what everybody else brings. But hey, he did things
0: at Augusta National that had not been done before. Hootie Johnson kowtowed to Tiger Woods. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> okay, all right.